is the only bank devoted exclusively to entrepreneurs, and we're committed to the success of women entrepreneurs and majority women-owned companies across Canada. As a proud partner of the Thrive Podcast, we're here to help you start, grow, or scale your business. Find out more at bdc.ca forward slash women today. Scotiabank is proud to co-present the Thrive Podcast for Women Entrepreneurs. Through the Scotiabank Women Initiative, Scotiabank aims to help advance women-led businesses with access to capital, education, and mentorship. To learn more, visit scotiabankwomeninitiative.com. Your insurance needs are as unique as the work you do and the industry you're in. Having the right protection in place is just the start. There's so much you can do to mitigate risks to your business for today and as you grow. At Sovereign Insurance, we're here to help with valuable information, insights, tips, and tools to help you protect your operations. Visit SovereignInsurance.ca to learn more. Diversify. Don't just put all your eggs in one export market. Think about what other export markets you could do well at, and EDC will help you figure that out. With Export Development Canada, doing business abroad doesn't need to be risky. We take on the risks so you can think bigger and grow confidently. EDC, take on the world. Listening to the Thrive Podcast on the Startup Canada Podcast Network, where we help women entrepreneurs to start and build thriving businesses. On the Thrive Podcast, we connect you with leading experts, entrepreneurs, and organizations that provide capital, mentorship, training, tools, and other support to help you make your vision a reality faster. This podcast is a production of Startup Canada, Canada's entrepreneurship organization, and is presented in partnership with the Business Development Bank of Canada and Scotiabank. I'm your host, Kayla Isabel, Managing Director at Startup Canada. Welcome to the show. We are thrilled to have Shannon Ferguson, co-founder and CEO of Fansaves Inc. on the show today. Fansaves Inc. is a mobile app that gives users discounts and deals from the sponsors of their favorite teams and organizations. While the startup originally set out to only help sports teams, they've recognized that many more organizations also rely on sponsorship, and they have been begun helping them as well. The platform helps these teams and organizations increase their sponsorship sales and gives both the organizations and sponsors a way to track ROI and customer analytics in a more effective way than traditional sponsorship options. Shannon and her co-founder know the struggles sports teams and organizations face selling sponsorships when sponsors want to see how their dollars perform and engage with their brand, as well as who their sponsorship attracts into their business. That's exactly how Fansaves was born. Since then, Fansaves has been a top 100 finalist at the Startup of the Year competition in 2018 and 2019, won the 2019 RC100 Startup competition and received first place at Get in the Ring Ottawa 2019, first place at CIC Pitch Fest 2018, and second place at SAS North 2018. Welcome to the show, Shannon. Oh, thank you so much. I am so, so excited to be here with you today, and uh, I'm really excited. Uh, 
super happy that uh, that I have the chance to talk to you. Likewise. I'm really excited to dive right in. Uh, so as a, a disclaimer to this conversation, I am not the biggest sports fan <laughs> in the world. So uh, I imagine we'll be diving into sort of the, the sports context. But uh, as a, a humble disclaimer, <laughs> I would like to express that at the beginning of this conversation. <laughs> it's all good. And you know what? The really cool thing is while fan saves, we'll get into it too, while fan saves started with sports, we've grown and I, I love sports. Like I grew up playing hockey and, and grew up playing so many other sports, but I'm also like a super girly girl as well. So I totally relate with both, both sides of things. So totally, uh, here to talk about whatever whatever works for you. Amazing. Fantastic. So before we dive into some of our questions, what do you think is the one thing you want women entrepreneurs to take out of our conversation today? I think the biggest thing for me is um, for women to never give up, whether it's in life or in business, you know, we're all faced with adversity. And I think it's just about when you ha- when you keep going, even when it feels like you can't. I think a lot of times women people in general, but women take on so much. They take on emotional stress and responsibilities. And oftentimes it feels like the world's on your shoulders. But I think that the the thing for me, um, you know, to, that I'd love for women to take away is just keep going, keep get like crossing that, that bridge, keep swimming, keep get there because that's where this, that's where it'll all pay off. Mm, fantastic. I can't wait to dig into that a little bit more. So can you discuss fan saves, bring us to the very beginning when you had this idea, um, what was your sort of aha moment, um, that, uh, brought fan saves to life? Yeah. So it's, it's pretty cool to see how it's evolved. So about two and a half years ago, my co-founder Chris and I, we were managing two minor professional hockey teams. So part of our job was to actually be out selling sponsorship and both of us would come home at the end of like each day and we'd be frustrated because a lot of businesses, they kept telling us that they wanted more from their sponsorship. They didn't just want like a rink board or a scoreboard ad or, um, you know, a, a program ad. So for us, we didn't have that digital, anything digital that businesses wanted. Um, and they also wanted a way to track return on investment and customer analytics. So one night we just kind of looked at each other and we were like, why don't we make an app? Um, so that's kind of how that aha moment came to be. And then because we were working in sports, because we had so, we had these two teams to pilot with, we were able to get so much early validation where now we could use our app, FanSaves, to offer these fans discounts and deals from the team, or sorry, from the sponsors of the team, so that those sponsors could actually be seen outside of the rink and be seen um, all year round. So for us, whenever we heard both businesses and fans and the teams we were working for wanted this, we knew we kind of had something. Interesting. So was this your first experience diving into developing an app? What did that look like? Yeah, totally. So Chris and I are both non-technical co-founders. You know, I have a little bit of like website design background, but uh, to build an app, you know, for us. So when uh, going back to that first part of the story, when we decided let's make an app, Chris had actually went to Ottawa for the day and I found this like free app maker uh, online or a little a little app. And I actually started playing around with it. And he came home that night. And I was like, I made an app. <laughs> and little Amazing. did I know that it would not be that easy to actually 
you know, go through development. We launched our MVP. So like mm-hmm. the first version of our app in February, 2018. And then it took us a whole other year um, to launch our go to market in 2019. And then we just, re- we just launched um, a new iteration in October. So for us, um, <clears throat> I mean, it's a testament to non-technical co-founders everywhere. We've spoken to so many of them where it's like, even though that might not be something you know how to do, you can definitely learn because we have learned so much I can imagine. in the past two and a half years about development. Mm. And so on top of the the individual development aspect, how has your role changed um, since the inception of Fansaves? What are you doing now differently than you were in 2018? Yeah, um, I mean, everything has changed, but Mm. so much has also stayed the same. Um, You know, getting, hiring employees to help with um, the the little tasks that at first I I was doing, you know, adding the deals to the back end, um, a lot of the graphic design, the website, everything like that. Um, Even like down to the accounting where now we obviously have an accountant, (laughs) Um, but it's really, it's really cool to see how my role has evolved, but you know, being hands, like all hands on deck at the beginning and getting like getting knee deep in it really taught both of us so much because now, like if I have to go and add a deal because, you know, my a few of my employees are sick, I know that I can still do it. So I think it's really important that we did learn how to do everything from the beginning. Um, and then now, if necessary, we can go back to that and, and help out when when we have to. Mm-hmm. Interesting. And so as a woman in sports tech, um, I'm sure you, you've experienced some challenges along the way. Um, can you talk a little bit more about uh, your role as a, as a woman entrepreneur in that industry and how that path, uh, you know, what barriers you may have experienced in that path and how you got around them? Yeah, I love this question because, um, you know, I I mentioned I grew up playing hockey. I actually grew up playing hockey with the boys and a lot of my early jobs in my in my career when I was in my 20s, um, I was oftentimes the only woman. So for me, it ended up being something where I didn't even really recognize that I was the only woman like I was just one of the boys Um, and it's being now in a leadership role in sports tech where women are so highly underrepresented. Um, it's really opened my eyes and I I have Chris to thank for that as well. He's been such an ally and he was actually the one who started pointing out kind of those like indiscrepancies and the, the rude things like some men would say, and he'd call them out and be like, yo man, that's not cool. And that's when I started realizing, wow, there is a lot of like gender bias, even if it's, it's unconscious, it's there. And it's given me the confidence to speak up for myself as well. You know, like working in sports, you know, there's like the, the bro culture and the, like, you know, the jokes that are kind of offside. And for most of my life, I just went along with it because it was like, you know, what else do you do? And I think the culture that we live in now has given me a lot of confidence to actually stand up and, um, you know, speak up for myself. And it's uh, it, the other the other weird thing that both Chris and I have noticed is like sometimes we'll go into a meeting and it'll be like with a man most of the time and he will look directly at Chris. Mm. He will. So he'll speak directly to him, both about like life and the business. So he'll be like, oh, like, how about that? Like sends game the other night or, you know, how's this growing in the business? And I'm standing there and I'm like, 
hey, I know the answers too. Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. So Chris has been really good. I have to like thank him so much because he'll be like, actually, Shannon can talk to that better. Mm. And so how do you position yourself in those conversations? So like you are, you're paving the way for other women in sports tech and and having an ally like Chris being a a really foundational element to, um, you know, establishing yourself in those conversations. But what other tips can you give our listeners uh, about how to navigate uh, those kind of uh, uncomfortable moments? Yeah, I think this has been such a big learning experience for me. And I think it's really about finding your voice and being, you know, being confident in speaking up for yourself. So um, when it happens and you know that, like, if you say something, what's the worst that's going to happen? You know, so I think for me, I I mean, even at startup competitions in the summer and whether it's at a sports event or a sports meeting, like these comments, and it's not just me. I've talked to a lot of women getting these different, like, just weird converse, weird signals and different like comments from men. And I think the more of us that speak up and the more of us that say, actually, that's not the case. Like women are, you know, it's, it's a fact that women get less VC funding, or it's a fact that there are less women that, um, you know, get selected to, you know, sports tech accelerators. (laughs) Like those are facts. So if we know our facts and we can speak to those, then I think that'll add to the confidence of just finding our voice. Yeah, I think that conversation is evolving, and we see it obviously on this podcast all the time. But um, the sentiment that this this status quo has to change, and we have a lot of numbers backing up um, how women-led uh, businesses and women entrepreneurs get stuff done. So let's you know encourage them in every avenue possible, and and specifically in in sports tech, um, I think there's a huge opportunity there, and you're sort of paving that way for a lot of potential um, you know women getting into that industry. So kudos. Thanks. I mean, so much to hear. Mm-hmm. So um, I want to talk a little bit uh, sort of um, extending on that and, and talking about resilience, because I imagine through those conversations and as you build your voice, you're building resilience at the same time. Um, so how have you navigated um, and what do you think um, in, in your personal life and in business have helped you uh, build up your resilient sort of um, your resilience? What's the word? Resilient skin? Or, yes, exactly. <laughs> How have you built your resilience? <laughs> um, yeah, this is, um, you know, we always say, I, I always say that adversity builds resilience, that, you know, going through hard times, it sucks. It's no fun to go through hard times. But at the end of the day, if it makes you stronger than those hard times, you have to look at it that it was like worth it. And, you know, I learned a lot of that from my mom. So she was also um, an entrepreneur and she worked in a man's field and was often the only woman. So I had such a great role model growing up, um, seeing her break barriers and break through um, and, and, you know, learning my voice from her. So um, I really attribute so much of my resiliency to her and what, like when the, my world kind of came crashing down, I guess, like four years ago. So my mom actually passed away. Um, She was a single mom. I'm an only child. So it was like, I was, I felt very alone in the world. I had just gone through a divorce. Um, and it, it would have been very easy for me to like, just give up, you know? And, you know, there were definitely hard days. I still have hard days, but I feel like going through everything I did like four or five years ago has really made me the entrepreneur I am today. And it makes me, when there's problems in my business, like where in the past I would have been like, this is the end of the world it's over. I, I look at those problems and set and find solutions and say like, this is not 
the worst thing that could happen. Like there are people going through worse things. What can we do and how can we solve, uh, solve that the problem? Mm. Yeah. That resilience gives you so much perspective as well that, you know, that you can trek through and accomplish things. Cause you have been, um, you know, in much more dire situations where, uh, your life is really turned upside down. So I think that perspective is always helpful to reflect back on, uh, but uh, painful, I imagine as well. Yeah, definitely. Um, super like just life changing. Um, it really, it made me such a different person going through the hard times I did, but like I, and it's really cool to talk to people that knew me even like five, 10 years ago. And they're like, wow, like you speak, like you have so much more confidence when you speak. And, you know, I could have let the adversity that I went through really just like break me down and really, you know, like take me back and, and make me retreat. But instead I was like, no, I want to learn from this. I want to grow. And I mean, now I'm here. Uh, women entrepreneurs face uh, lots of challenges during their entrepreneurial journey and uh, building resilience is such an essential component um, of their success. How do you recommend building resilience uh, if you're maybe not going through the same type of life-changing um, kind of moment in your life that might shift your perspective and develop resilience in real time? How do you develop resilience if you are um, just facing that in a business context or maybe on a smaller scale? Oh my goodness. Well, like when I say adversity, like I mean everything from like, oh my God, I can't make payroll this week to like, oh my God, my computer isn't turning on and I have a podcast to do. <laughs> like, yes. When uh, there's so many different types of adversity. And I think that um, it goes back to like not giving up, right? Seeing, taking those hard times and instead of just throwing in the towel and being like, well, I'm just going to not do the podcast or I'm just going to like throw my computer out the window. Well, instead of doing that, how do you find those solutions? And I think taking that adversity, finding those solutions, it really builds your resilience. And I think, I mean, I'm not like a, an expert, but I think the more resilience you build, the more resilient you get. And I mm-hmm. think that you, you're, you shift your mindset from thinking like, woe is me or, oh my God, everything bad happens to me to thinking like, okay, what can I learn from this situation? And I think like the mindset of a business person has to be resilient because you have to find solutions every day and you have to not give up. And I think the, the best way to change your mindset is really just to practice. And I, I'm lucky that I've gotten to practice a lot. Mm-hmm. And, and that exercise of just being mindful in those moments of, of knowing that you will get through it and that, um, you know, you, you have the tools you need to go forward. I think it, it, like you build that confidence over time. And as you say, when, you know, people see you on the streets or when people are engaging with you, they see that confidence, they see that light. Uh, and then that will sort of breed more confidence and more resilience. And I love that it's sort of a, a cyclical pattern. It's so true. And it's at the end of the day, it's like having faith in yourself and your ideas and what you believe in. And just like knowing that when you're working towards something and you're working that hard that I know it sounds like hokey, but like the universe is like listening and that the universe will like reward you with good things. And it's really funny because Chris never really, you know, didn't have much of that mindset. And he has seen it work time and time again, where I'm like, listen, we're going to ask the universe for this. <laughs> and then the next day, he's, it like, it comes to manifest. So, yeah. Yeah. Manifest it. We manifest so many things. And I think it's super underrated. And I think that a lot of people just don't believe that manifesting works, so they don't do it. But then once you get a little taste of it, it like happens again and again. And Chris yeah. is now like the biggest like believer in manifestation. <laughs> Amazing. Like, okay, you gotta, we got to manifest this today. Yeah. I'm like, 
Yeah, we do. <laughs> Setting and yeah, manifesting breakfast, manifesting yeah, totally. everything. Yeah, I've I've had a really um, interesting sort of parallel path for the last year. Just having that mindset of you know the universe has your back, um, and sort of when you're in those those deep um, moments of concern or frustration or embarrassment or whatever, just thinking you know this too shall pass. That you know you are completely going to be able to get through that hardship and or that moment, if, even if it's you know not being able to turn your computer on or if it's not making payroll. Two very different um, sort of uh, things to go through, but no, I've, I, I really completely echo that sentiment. It's so true, and I think you know I, I try to. A lot of my friends that aren't entrepreneurs, like women, like but some of my best girlfriends, you know, they I, I try to explain it to them, and sometimes they're like, oh, you know, they don't really get it. But then when I tell them or, or they actually see it happen. They're like, Oh my God, how did you do that? (laughs) So it does, you know, whether people are running a business, working at a job or, you know, trying to just figure out their path in life, I think it's so important to put out those intentions and try to figure out, you know, let the universe know what you want. And Mm. then I don't think anything can really stop you. And I think fan saves is proof. Yeah, yeah, and and that exercise is helpful for yourself, even if you're not intentionally sending it out to the universe. Crystallizing what you want is an important process, um, so I think that's productive, even if you don't see it necessarily being thrown out to this amorphous universe <laughs> sort of world. Uh, but yeah, that crystallization definitely like write writing down things that you want to do, goals that you have, even like the biggest goals in the world that seem like super impossible. I write those down because I'm like. And I keep them because it's really cool that some of them have actually kind of come true already. And I I can envision the rest of them that are in the process of coming true. So, you know, a lot of I think writing, like taking a pen and taking a notebook and actually writing things down is so underrated these days because we're always on our phones and we're always on our computers. But I think actually like putting it out there on paper in ink is is so important. And again, it goes back to like letting letting the universe know what you want because then you can actually accept it and start working towards it. Mm, completely agreed. Fantastic. So looking to next year uh, and what's up for fan saves uh, sort of in the future, what are you thinking? What do you have on deck? Yeah, the really, really cool thing about fan saves is how this year we've grown so much. And I mentioned it earlier. So we started with just sports in mind and this year realized mostly because people were coming to us, but we realized that we could help more than just sports teams because, you know, there's organizations, there's colleges and universities that rely on sponsorship. There's chambers of commerce that have member to member discounts and deals, Mm -hmm. Um, even events and festivals, everything really like has some kind of sponsorship component. So, so much potential. Yeah, Mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's mind blowing when you think of it. And for us, it's just been, Uh, This year has been grinding it out and really opening up those verticals. And, you know, we're across North America now. We have 30 teams uh, as far away as like New Mexico and North Dakota. Um, And just, you know, keeping that momentum going and improving our product. We're consistently, you know, making sure that our tech is growing as quick as the business is. And um, I think a lot of 2020 will see us traveling. Uh, We're planning for a seed rounds. Um, We have some, uh, you know, business and pleasure opportunities to, uh, 
to to do some travel. So I think that uh, that 2020 is going to be the big year of growth and kind of our explosion. Uh, all that we've been working through or working towards for the past two and a half years, I think, is really going to start coming into fruition um, in 2020. Incredible. And so are there any trends that you're seeing in tech that are affecting the business for next year that you can share with our listeners? Yeah, I think that, you know, tech is growing in sports, going back to sports, um, tech is growing really rapidly. And the teams that are adopting tech are the ones that are growing and the ones that are attracting in more millennial and Gen and Gen Z fans. Um, you know, there's football teams now that you, you can't even bring a paper ticket. You have to show your ticket on your phone and they've made the whole arena where it's, it's all digital. It's all through your phone. Everything, even for your payments are all made digitally. So for us, seeing that is a really good sign and a good indication to us that sponsorship also needs to go digital and that we're really on that cutting edge of, you know, uh, wall signs and rink boards and scoreboard ads are always going to be there. But a lot of teams and organizations are realizing that more needs to be done and the digital side of things really needs to be encompassed in a better way. And uh, again, the teams and the organizations that are, are really implementing this now are the ones that are benefiting most and they're going to benefit most in the future. Mm, fantastic. So if you can give one final piece of advice to our audience that people can implement in their businesses immediately after today's conversation, what would that piece of advice be? Um, I'm going to say, so there's this meme. I'm sure if you're an <laughs> entrepreneur, you've probably seen it. There's, it's, mm -hmm. there's two men and one is on the bottom. It's like a, a split screen kind of, and they're both digging holes and like digging in to find diamonds. And one man is like almost there, but you see him, he's, he's turned away with his pickaxe and he's given up. And the other man, he's just kept going and he's literally like three inches from the diamonds. And you know that he's not stopping. And I love that, that image. It resonates in my mind all the time with me because that is, you know, where the difference between entrepreneurs that make it and entrepreneurs that might give up or that might not make it is that they've, they've given up when maybe their diamonds are literally so close, like so close. Three inches below. Three inches mm -hmm. below. And I think that, you know, I think that more of us as women need to empower each other and pick each other up and tell each other to keep going and not to give up because, you know, the world is a mean place and women should not be like treating or bringing women down. You know, there is enough things going on in, in the world that we need to be, you know, cheerleading cheerleaders for each other. We need to be motivating each other and letting people know that it's hard for everyone. Like what you see on social media is, is only the good. It's only like mm. people aren't, po aren't, aren't posting, you know, Oh, maybe I'm not going to make payroll this week mm -hmm. or like things that we, or my computer is broken. Like, <laughs> People aren't going to, going to post that. So what you see on social media, if you see a woman that's always posting things that are like so positive, you know, be happy for her, cheer her on. Don't be, you know, don't be like negative, be, be positive because know that under that surface, she is digging that hole towards those diamonds and she's not giving up. And there's a lot of adversity in the way. Mm, and yeah, and it might look easy on the on the outside, but um, to recognize that you know the entrepreneurial journey is a challenging one, and and building that sense of community and camaraderie, um, because there's room for all of us in in this space. One hundred percent. You know, for mm. me, it's it's so cool. Like I'm getting people that are writing to me, and they're like, "You're an inspiration. You're paving the way." And sometimes I'm like, "Really? Like that's so nice." Like 
because I think they're an inspiration. And I'm like, you're my, you're inspiring to me. So like, wow, what an honor for you to say that. So I think that, you know, the more we tell each other these things and reciprocate those feelings, like the more motivated we make each other. And then our community can just really thrive and really grow because we're really, again, on that, the same way as like sports tech is on that breaking edge. Women are on that, that edge of like, you know, killing it. We are killing it, but we're like finally getting noticed. We're finally making that difference, leaving our footprints. All these things that women have done for years and years and years is now being brought to the forefront where people are taking us seriously. And I think now is the time when we have to band together and really um, inspire each other and tell each other when we inspire each other. Mm, I love that. Yeah, to inspire each other, but then also communicate that, articulate it when you feel inspired, because there are moments where you might think that it's implied that this person is a complete inspiration, but everybody needs to hear that every once in a while. Oh, it's so true. Mm. It's so true. It's it's amazing that, you know, what just simple words or a message or a card, how that can really like turn someone's day around. And, you know, that's why a lot of times like, the, the littlest things can make the biggest difference. And I think that maybe along with resiliency, that's my, my message for today. Fantastic. Oh, I love that. So we'll, we'll manifest that today, put that in the universe that we want to be receiving and sending uh, little tidbits of, of positive feedback to our network. We're both going like to get so action. much positive feedback today. We're going to manifest it all. And it's going to be like, great. Oh, look, look, we did it. <laughs> exactly. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much, Shannon, for joining us on the Thrive Podcast today. Thank you so much, and uh, you've been amazing, and uh, I hope you keep uh, thriving. (laughs) Thank you. Right back at (laughs) you. Thanks, Shannon. Thank you for joining us this week on the Thrive Podcast, where we help women entrepreneurs to start and build thriving businesses. Thank you to the Startup Canada production team, BDC, and Scotiabank for helping us to power women entrepreneurs. Visit startupcan.ca forward slash women to download the playbook Resources for Women Entrepreneurs with a comprehensive list of support for you and your business. Visit startupcan.ca for the latest episodes of the Startup Canada podcast hosted by Matthew Curtis and plug in to the Startup Canada network. Until next time, I'm Kayla Isabel. It's time to thrive.